Imagine loving your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, and I am so glad to be here with you again for this week's episode, which is all about accountability and what you can do to help yourself create and do what you want to do, what you say you're going to do more than you currently do. Now, that's a lot of do's. And in my family, when you say do-do, it is a cause for celebration. If this is your first episode of Women in the Middle, I am so glad you found the podcast. Welcome. Women in the Middle is about actionable life coaching for women in their 50s, designed to help with career boredom, career change, midlife crisis, transition, and empty nest issues, all from a mindfulness perspective. And I describe it as actionable because we get right in there. It's a super practical podcast. My mission is to help older and wiser women like you get excited about your life again, because as you know, it's pretty easy to get into a funk. Not necessarily a full-blown midlife crisis, but just to the point where you're feeling a bit funky and you know you're a bit off. Sometimes we need a little help. If you haven't done so yet, go to my website at www.susierosenstein.com forward slash midlife funk to grab your copy of my free ebook, 10 Simple Ways to Bust Out of Your Midlife Funk. It is a great way to take the first step to shake up your perspective about this phase of your life and what is possible for you. You'll also see how to work with me. I'm a master certified life and weight coach, and I am at your service, as they say. So if you're frustrated and stuck and tired of feeling like you're swimming through mud when it comes to your life, I can help. I know that you know it's time to make a change, but you aren't exactly sure what to do next. Please know that you're not alone but your thinking needs some work for sure. You should definitely book a free 20-minute insight call with me and see how I can help you get out of the mud and into a clear crystal blue pool that you're excited about swimming in, your life. <laughs> and you will feel pretty giddy about it. Yes, I said giddy. Just go to www.susierosenstein.com and hover over the About tab, and you will see Free Session on the drop-down menu. Click there, and you can book straight into my calendar. It's easy, and I can't wait to talk to you. Okay, so much good stuff. So today's podcast is all about accountability. Yep, everyone's favorite topic. I can see your eyeballs rolling into the back of your head right now. <laughs> but really, maybe it was a full moon or something, but my clients have been asking me about this more and more lately. I don't know if you know this, but I have a new virtual vision board program called Vision Board Unplugged. It's a life coaching and motivational planning online workshop series of three classes, and it's based on you creating a vision board that really works. So what's so interesting is, first of all, that it's virtual, so it doesn't matter where you live, you just hop on the webinar and away we go. So it's a fun thing to do with your family and friends, even though you're not together and they may even be out of town, like far away. 
So we just finished the first Vision Board Unplugged workshop series with an amazing group of women from all over the place in three time zones. It went really well, and we had worked through the concepts of what it takes to make a vision board work, and then from a life coaching perspective with a huge focus on all of the action you need to take and how to deal with the obstacles of doing just that. And once everyone had their priorities sorted out, we started coaching on the topic of how to make sure we do the things we want to do. And that leads into accountability and how it relates to making your vision board come to life. So that's when these women said, you know what, Susie, we want more coaching. We want more accountability. Now, there was this feeling of uncertainty when we got to this phase of things and a collective thought that went something like this. Uh Uh-oh, I may not do what I said I wanted to do. Can you relate to that? They asked me to come up with a group program, like a package, a group coaching package that dealt specifically with accountability for their vision boards, teaching them the skills and offering them the support that they needed to keep moving forward on their goals. So I did. And now there are two vision board coaching programs, Vision Board Unplugged and also Vision Board In Action. For those vision board folks who want more support in moving their vision boards forward and actually bringing them to life. It's perfect if you participated in Vision Board Unplugged or even if you already did a vision board, but it's just sitting there. You know what I mean? Like under your bed or in your closet or behind your door, never being looked at as it's intended because at the core of the vision board work is the idea that it's a visual cue for you to remind yourself to think what you need to think, to feel what you need to feel, to do what you want to do, to create the results you want to create on purpose. So you can check this out, check out Vision Board Unplugged or any of my other coaching programs on my website. And if you're interested in Vision Board Unplugged, there's a new class starting in a couple of weeks. So just go to susierosenstein.com and click the work with me section, then click Vision Board Unplugged and you can sign up there. Like I said, it's a totally fun thing to do with your out-of-town daughters, sisters, cousins, friends, and I would love to guide you through this really powerful process. So back to accountability. The thing is that we all have things we want to do. The vision board is simply one tool to help you sort it all out and take a deep dive into your brain to figure it out. So many goals, so many resolutions, so many dreams, so many good ideas, so many intentions, right? (laughs) So what's the problem? You're a good person and you want good things for yourself and for the people you love. You want to help others and put good energy out there into the world. So again, I ask you, where's the problem? It's all in your thinking, my friend. Things break down in your mind with a thought, probably one that you don't even know is up there mucking things up might even be a few thoughts, but that's what's going on. Your thoughts are standing between you and your dreams. So let's think about the notion of being accountable and how it can feel really negative sometimes. Have you noticed that? But we all know that being accountable is the key to getting shit done. The definition of accountability is an obligation or willingness to accept responsibility or to account for one's actions. Boom. (laughs) There it is. An obligation or willingness to accept responsibility or to account for one's actions. So 
Let's dig in here a bit more and talk about a few things. First, the contrast of accountability to others versus accountability to yourself. Second, a close look at what accountability really feels like. And third, some practical tips to help you follow through. All right, I think that you would most likely agree that there's often a difference between the way you are accountable to others versus the way you are accountable to yourself. If you tell your boss you're going to get something done by a certain time and date, you do it. If you book a doctor appointment, you're there. If you commit to bringing a meal to a sick friend, it's as good as done. And my favorite example, but it dates me a bit, but I know you women in the middle are in the same boat. This example is from way back when we didn't have cell phones, specifically when kids didn't have cell phones. Do you remember when you were in your 20s and you used to travel? You would ask somebody to pick you up at the airport. Now, you couldn't just ask anyone. It had to be someone you could absolutely rely on to remember and to be there. I used to have a list in my head of friends I could count on to pick me up at the airport and friends that I loved, but I would never ask them in a million years to do that because I just couldn't count on them for that type of thing. Remember, no cell phones. So you would go away for a week or two and then show up at the airport, no communication for weeks. Remember how expensive it was to call long distance (laughs) and your reliable friend or family member would be there waiting for you. Now think about your kids or your niece or nephew or even your mom. If you told them that you would pick them up, my guess is there's not a shadow of a doubt in your mind that you would be there. Even like a little after school program. If you said you'd be there when kids are small, there's no question you would be there, right? No questions asked. That's what it's like to make a commitment and to be accountable to somebody else. Your obligation or willingness to accept responsibility or to account for your actions. You feel this in your bones. It's solid. It's super strong. It's certain. It's reliable. You're totally willing to accept the responsibility that you committed to and you will follow through. Now, let's look at what being accountable to yourself looks like. Perhaps it's around a date in your calendar to go to the gym or a desire to clean out a pile of crap somewhere in the house or a drawer or the garage. Or then there's the ever popular weight loss goal. You decide you want to lose a bit of weight. What happens to so many of us is that these types of commitments, commitments to yourself, don't feel the same way to you. And therefore, the accountability isn't the same either. It feels weaker. So what I mean is when you think about actually doing the things you've said you're going to do for yourself, it's not the same as when you commit to somebody else. This commitment or lack thereof plays itself out by just withering away or diminishing. It's not strong enough to stay top of mind or demand action. And that's where regrets come in. And you know I love to talk about regret proofing. I see a direct relationship between lack of commitment and accountability to yourself and the increased likelihood of having regrets. Time flies, right? I don't need to tell you that. So when this time of year rolls around again next year, Will you have done the important things you said you're going to do? Yes, I said important. 
I'm not even talking about all the things on your regular old list. I know you're busy. I know you've got tons of things to do as the captain of your ship. But I'm really only talking about what you've prioritized for yourself. So these are things that have hit the priority list. So for now, please take a moment and notice what it feels like when you say you're going to pick your kid up at the airport. There's not a shadow of doubt that you will be there for your kid. Feel it. Focus on it. Understand it. What does that certainty, that responsibility, that accountability feel like? Now, shift into thinking about getting on your treadmill every day or going to that regular yoga class or even your commitment to yourself to get more sleep. Do you have the same level of certainty, commitment, accountability to yourself to do something that you've prioritized? I can hear you. Yes, by some magical podcast virtual connection that we have, I can hear that you're saying this. Hmm, not quite the same, <laughs> right? This, my friend, takes work. And the first step is to notice it, to be aware of it. And the reason it's not the same feeling is because it's not the same thought about doing it. So when it comes to your kid or your mom or your husband or your boss, the thought you think about accountability to what you've said is what's driving your feeling. What I'm saying is what you think about your obligation or your willingness to accept responsibility or you or to like account for your action is what creates your feeling. Let's take an example. I'll stick to this airport scenario. When I think about telling my kid that I would pick him up at the airport, my thought is something like this. I won't let my kid down. That's my thought. I won't let my kid down. And when I think I won't let my kid down, it creates a feeling. For me, it's more than feeling responsible. It's deep. It's like more like love, commitment, confidence. It's strong. I have no trouble feeling it. And I know it's unshakable. And when I feel this way, what do I do? I follow through. I take action. I do. Right? Without hesitation. My personal result is that I'm accountable to my kid. I feel confident when I make a promise or commitment that I will follow through, period. So that thought, I won't let my kid down, creates the exact result that I want. Because I have a proven track record now too. Because of this, my kids have no trouble knowing at the deepest level that I'll always be there for them, airport pickups or otherwise. They know it. I know it. That's just the way it is. It's done. Now, let's shift things a bit. Think to yourself, when you make a promise to yourself about doing something for yourself, how do you feel? Let's say that you tell yourself that you'll lose 10 pounds over the next three months or that you'll start a regular exercise routine and start getting up at 6 a.m. every morning to work out or go for a walk, something like that. Or maybe even that you'll get eight hours of sleep a night or journal every day as part of your new and improved morning routine. What's the likelihood that this will actually happen? That you will be accountable to yourself the same way you would be accountable to your kid? What is the feeling you have about your obligation or willingness to accept responsibility and account for your actions around a commitment to yourself? Does it feel the same? Does it feel as certain, as reliable? as intense, as confident? My guess is that it doesn't. And the reason for this is because of a thought. There's something you're thinking 
that creates this feeling as well. And it's not the same thought that's behind your willingness to accept responsibility for your actions when it comes to others. It's probably something like this. It's okay if this doesn't happen. Or I can work on this later. Maybe this one. It's more important that I get this other work done. Do you follow? In fact, there's often a thought that you need help being accountable, that you need some external accountability. And if you had this external accountability set up, you would be more successful. That if you tell someone else, you'll be more accountable. That if you log into an app, you'll be more accountable. Or if you go to a meeting, you'll be more accountable. That if you're in a group where everyone is doing the same sort of activity, you'll be more accountable. So interesting, right? That's what happened with the vision board group. And it's super common to feel this way. And for sure, many people are indeed more successful when they are in an accountability group. But it's not because of the group that you're more successful. It's actually because of the way you're thinking about the group, that it's better or easier with the group. In other words, it's what you're making the group mean that is creating your feelings, which are creating your result. Of course, you'll learn more skills and gain more insights, but under it all is a different thought. And we all know what that means. Different feelings, different actions, and a result that proves your thought. In the same vein, what I'd like to offer you is that the thought that created your feeling of confidence and responsibility and accountability with the whole kid at the airport scenario is available to you now in all circumstances, even when it comes to your accountability to yourself. That thought, I don't want to let my kid down, can be transferred and adapted to other circumstances. You could think that you don't want to let yourself down, for example. Notice how you feel. You want to think a thought on purpose that generates the same kind of feelings. And notice also that it's just a skill to think thoughts like this more regularly. It's a skill that you can practice just like you practice playing tennis and driving in the snow. Yes, I mentioned snow. Sorry, we're up to our ears in snow in Toronto. So the more you practice the skill, the more effortless it becomes. Thinking thoughts that are useful to you are a great example of that. So what can you do to be more accountable to yourself? The first step is awareness. Notice when you are accountable and when you're not. Dig a little and try to catch the thought that's creating your feelings of obligation to follow through on your commitment. When you're accountable, you're thinking one thought. When you're not accountable, it's a different thought. So isolate the thought for amazing insight. Open yourself up to be fascinated with yourself as you're digging around. You know, take a really good look and see what's going on. Don't just accept that you're not accountable or that you need help. Dig. All right. Second, practice thinking the thoughts that are the most useful for you and your effort to be more accountable. Make notes, put them in your phone, practice repeating them. Do what you can to put these thoughts at the forefront of your mind. Be compassionate with yourself as you're strengthening your new skills. Cleaning up mental hygiene takes practice. Third, create support when you want to be more accountable and aren't quite there yet on your own. Get an accountability buddy, join a group, download a helpful app, make sure to do what you need to do to be a woman who's accountable to herself. 
But what I really want you to consider is that this support is part of your training and practice to improve your own skills. It's part of the process. It's not something you do instead. You're doing it to improve your own skills. So remember, even saying that you have trouble with accountability is a thought. It's an ingrained way of thinking about yourself. So you can start here. Can you be open to the idea that you're getting better at accountability? I think you can. So that's it for this episode. If you like what you've heard, just head over to Women in the Middle podcast on iTunes and leave me a review. Oh my God, if you are a regular listener to this podcast and you've said to yourself that you want to leave me a review and you haven't yet, it's a great opportunity to practice being more accountable to yourself. And I have to tell you, seeing those reviews just makes my heart sing. So do it, ladies. I would really appreciate it. Check out the show notes too. There's lots of information there and links to anything we've talked about. So just go to www.susierosenstein.com. Let's do this, ladies, one scary accountability thought at a time. Thanks so much for listening and have a great week. 